We are in Yivamos Tes Amen Aleph, 9A4 in the article Gemara. The Gemara now moves on to a new topic. It goes back to the Mishnah. Just a quick review of the Mishnah. The Mishnah that we started off with from the very beginning on Dav Bez had 15 different cases of various relatives where we say that there is an exemption of Yibam or Chalitza if that relative is also your sister-in-law, meaning as follows. Uh, one example is your daughter marries your brother, so your sister-in-law is also your daughter, and that's, per- that's permissible for your brother to marry his uh, niece. The brother passes away without any children, so then there's an exemption from Yibam or Chalitza because that sister-in-law is also your relative. The Mishnah also said that there's an exemption on the co-wife uh, and other cases, the co-wife's co-wife, we just explained those those cases earlier. The Gemara now is going to ask, why are there why are the cases limited to fifteen cases? We should really have sixteen cases, not just fifteen, but we should have an additional case. And we're going to see that question in a moment. Uh, but just with regards to the fifteen cases, those are all cases where the, it's permissible for the brother to marry that person, the wife, the sister-in-law. It's permissible for the brother to marry the niece. It's permissible for the brother to marry his brother's mother-in-law. It's completely permissible. There's no prohibition whatsoever. If it's a certain case where it's a prohibition, and in fact it's a prohibition which has a severe punishment of kares, so then we don't even legally recognize it as a marriage. So... For example, for the brother, let's say you have two brothers, for the brother to either marry his own mother or his stepmother, let's say, so that is not even viewed as a, it's a prohibition for the brother to do that, and it's not even viewed as a legal marriage. It's not even viewed as a marriage. It doesn't require a divorce document. Again, it doesn't, it's not viewed halakhically as a marriage. So that's why those cases are not found in our Mishnah doesn't describe a case where the brother marries his stepmother or his or his mother because those are all cases where it is um, it is not even viewed as a marriage okay so now Levi asks this question Amrle Levi the Rebbe Levi says to Rebbe my I read the Tanya Chameshes Moving on to 95. Why do we have 15? We should really have 16. He doesn't say which case would be the 16th. We know that we have 15 cases in the Mishnah, and we went through those different cases, but he doesn't say there should be a 16th. He doesn't say what that case should be. And he asks this to his teacher, whose name is Rebbe. So Amar Lai, Rebbe says back, So he has this harsh statement to Levi where he says, it seems like there's no brain in your head. A very harsh statement to respond back to his student Levi. And so some of the commentators explain, and also the Rambam, in fact, uh, dis- explains this also, not from this Gemara, but he explains the law in his halachic work, the Mishnah Torah. And he says that if the Rebbe sees that a student is not putting in extra effort, they're not working hard, they're not uh, trying hard, they're just asking questions without thinking about it, so then the Rebbe should express some amount of anger, some amount of uh, reaction to show the student 
that really they have to put in more effort. And that's what Rebbe, they explain. That's what Rebbe's doing here. Rebbe had this question from Levi. There should be a 16th. Rebbe didn't like the question. He thought that the question um, wasn't really a good question. It was without really thinking about it. And so he responded in such a harsh way by saying, it seems to me that you don't have a brain in your head. Very harsh statement for the Rebbe, for the, for the teacher, to give to the student. But that's what he says. He says that it's impossible to say such a thing. Why would you assume that there's a 16th uh, case? Just one more point. Uh, Levi asks this to Rebbe, and he says that the Mishnah should have a 16th case. This is a historical point. Uh, the author of the Mishnah, we say that the one that compiled, who is the one that compiled the, Mishnah, the Mishnayos? It's Rebbe. It's the one that it's Levi's teacher, Rebbe, who he's talking to, He's the one that compiled the Mishnah, and yet he doesn't say, you should have had a 16th. He says that in the Mishnah, it should have had a 16th case. So they bring this as one of, uh, there's many different proofs to this idea, but one idea here is that, the the idea here, and this is one of many proofs, is that Rebbe compiled the Mishnah. He didn't necessarily write all the Mishnayos. The Mishnayos could have been written before him, but he just, he compiled them together. So that's why it doesn't say, Rebbe, you should have added a 16th, but it says that the Mishnayos should have added a 16th. Rebbe just put them all together, but he didn't necessarily write every single Mishnah. He might have written some of the Mishnayos, but he didn't write every single Mishnah. Anyways, Rebbe says back to him that how could you how could you say such a thing? This is uh, There's no brain in your head. How could you think such a thing? What were you thinking? What would be the 16th case that you're thinking of? If you're thinking that the 16th case is Imo Anusas Aviv, Maybe it's as follows. Maybe it's that my brother, who did my brother marry? My brother married a case where our father, they, they share the same father, uh, the father, uh, very tragic case, the father uh, raped another woman. And and then the, the case would be, well, where the brother, the, the brother married um, the woman that the father raped. And then the other brother is actually the child from that, um, from that, from that situation, from that rape. And so you have one live brother who's the child, really, and then you have the dead, the brother who passed away. That brother who passed away, he married his father, the the, uh, the woman who whom his father uh, raped, and that's the one who he married. So the sister-in-law is really the mother then of the live brother because the live brother is really just the child of what happened in that situation so the live brother is the child the brother married uh, not his mother not his stepmother Uh, they weren't married but somebody that his father uh, raped and maybe that's the case that's the 16th case where we would say that there's an exemption because the live brother certainly uh, he's definitely very much related to it ends up being it's his mother uh, the sister-in-law would be his mother, and there'd be an exemption from Yibam or Chalitza in such a scenario. So, if you're going to tell me that's the 16th case, meaning the 16th case is okay, fine, I understand. It's not the mother or the stepmother because that the brother, uh, the brother who passed away, he can't marry. It's not even viewed as a halachic marriage to marry your mother or stepmother, but maybe it is viewed as a halachic marriage to marry the woman who whom your father raped. So it wasn't they they weren't they were never married. Uh, and maybe the brother that would be viewed as a halachic marriage um, to require Yibum or to, to, to then be mentioned in the Mishnah that when the brother passes away there's an exemption of Yibum or Chalitza. So Rebbe responds back, if you're telling me that's the case, that cannot be the case. Why can't that be the case? 
because we already know that this is a matter of a dispute. Are you allowed to marry such a person? Could you marry a person who was who was raped by your father? Is that allowed or is that not allowed? We, we in fact had this even earlier. We had this a few pages earlier. This is the dispute. This is the machlokas between Obihuda and the Rabbanon. Imanusus Ave plukta the Rabihuda Rabbanon. Who plukta lokamayri. The point here is that this is a dispute. This is a machlokas between different opinions. If this case could even occur, do we halachically view this as a marriage? Is this viewed as a marriage meaning the, where the brother who ended up passing, passing away, he marries his, the, the, the person that his father raped? Um, is that viewed as a halachic marriage or not? According to Behuda, that's not even viewed as a halachic marriage. Of course, there's no yibum in that case because it's not viewed as a halachic marriage. They were never married. According to the Rabbanon, they were halachically married. So whether or not there's even the option to discuss whether there's a mitzvah of yibum here is subject to dispute. And so, and the Gemara adds a point here by saying that our Mishnah doesn't discuss disputes. Every line in the Mishnah of our first Mishnah is not subject to a dispute. Everyone is in agreement of all the different statements of our Mishnah. That's what uh, that's what the Gemara says. So the Gemara now is going to ask: Is it really true that every single line in our Mishnah or in our Mishnayos? Nobody argues about them. There's no disputes about the lines in our Mishnah. There, nobody else argues about any line in our Mishnah or in any other Mishnah. And the Gemara is going to try to bring three or four different questions to ask and say, well, we have a line in this Mishnah or in that Mishnah which is subject to dispute. So how could you tell me that we can't have a line in our Mishnah which is also subject to dispute? And so that's what the Gemara is going to do right now. So the Gemara asks, we don't have a case where there's a dispute based on some line. We have a couple. We have a couple of different questions. Vahari iser mitzvah of iser kedusha the pligi rabbi kiva rabbanan v'katani. We have in a different mishnah, and they're all, they're going to reference different disputes which which are going to come up later on in the mesechta. And these are really these are one liners, and we're going to have to explain it quickly. But when we get there later on, we'll we'll develop these disputes. We'll embellish upon these uh, these disputes. But there's a uh, one case of the Mishnahists later on, they discuss what happens in a scenario where the brother who passes away, he was married to either somebody who is, there's two different scenarios. One is where, uh, what we call an Easter mitzvah, where it's a rabbinic prohibition for the live brother to marry the sister-in-law. Meaning our Mishnah discusses a biblical prohibition, which has the a severe punishment of kares. Uh, but what about happen? What about in a case where it's a rabbinic prohibition to marry the sister-in-law? Uh, we'll, we'll get to the different cases where uh, extended family might have a rabbinic prohibition to marry that person. So, what if it's a rabbinic prohibition, or what if it's what we call an isra kedusha, where it's, it's it is a biblical prohibition, but it's not a severe biblical, a biblical prohibition? It's a regular love, it's a regular uh, negative commandment without the punishment of curries and there are various cases like that as well so would the brother the live brother do uh, have them perform the mitzvah of yim or chalitza with such a sister-in-law where it's either a rabbinic prohibition or it's a biblical prohibition which is not as but it's not as severe so that itself is also subject to a machlokas do we do yim in that case or not that's subject to machlokas between rabbi kiva and the rabbanon that according to the Rabbanan, we do chalitza. We don't. Everyone agrees we don't do yibam, but we do chalitza. 
Rabbi says, no, it's, uh, they, they don't do anything. There's no mitzvah. Yibam or chalitza, it's like, it's like the case in our, in our Mishnah where there's a complete exemption from both Yibam and from chalitza. But the point is, is that these, they discuss that in the Mishnah even though it's subject to dispute. So we see that we could we could have a line in the Mishnah which is subject to dispute. So so too, why don't we have a 16th case, which is, even though it's subject to dispute, but it should still be mentioned in the Mishnah. So the Gemara answers, no, but Pirkan Kamrinan. Well, that that's not a Mishnah in our chapter. What we're discussing, this is the first chapter. We're only discussing the Mishnah in the first chapter. Only the Mishnah in the first chapter is every line agreed upon by everybody. So the Gemara asks a further question. Ah, so we have a very strong question because our Mishnah says that the co-wife of an erva, if you have the co-wife of a, the sister-in-law is also, let's say, the daughter, and there's a co-wife, the brother married two wives, so then the co-wife is also exempt from Yibum or Chalitza. However, that is subject, uh, we'll get to that later, but that is subject to a dispute between Beis Hillel and Beis Shammai. It's true according to the Beis Hillel, that there's an exemption from Yibam and Chalitza even to the co-wife, but Bishamai argues. So we have a case in our Mishnah which is subject to dispute. It's not clear. Even though it's mentioned in the Mishnah, it is subject to dispute. So the Gemara answers, an interesting answer, Bishamai and Bishillel in a Mishnah. When we have a dispute specifically between Bishamai and Bishillel, between those two schools of thought, Bishamai doesn't carry uh, halachic weight. If we have other disputes, even though we follow one over the other in terms of the practical ruling, the other one still, we still take that opinion into consideration in different scenarios. But when it comes to Beishamai, when we have a dispute between Beishamai and Beishalel, Beishamai in a Mishnah, we don't take Beishamai's position into account at all. And so therefore it's viewed here, when it's mentioned in the Mishnah, it's viewed as though nobody argues on this position. Even though Beishamai really does argue on the position, uh, but because Beishamai vis-a-vis Beis Hillel is in a Mishnah is not taken into account it doesn't carry any weight so therefore it can be mentioned in our Mishnah even though even though uh, Beis Shammai really does argue so the Gemara has another objection one last objection and then we'll and we'll give an answer and we'll conclude the recording our 15th case what was our 15th case in the Mishnah? the case of Ashes Achav Shalohai Be'olamo so what was that case? We explained at the time that the brothers, the live brother and the deceased brother, they have to have some sort of relationship. And that relationship means that they have both had to have been alive at, uh, together. That it could not, you can't have a situation where uh, the brother passes away and then, and then the, the one brother passes away without any children and then the next brother is born Shortly thereafter, we say that there's no mitzvah of yibum in such a case. The mitzvah of yibum only applies when both brothers were alive at the same time. And the Gemara says, but and, and but if they're, they're not alive at the same time, so let's say that the case that the, the Gemara was that the mission was assuming is, let's say you have a case where uh, one brother passes away without children, and his wife then. Uh, does ye- there's yibum that's done between a live brother and uh, the deceased brother's wife, and then uh, there's another brother is born, a third brother is born who was never alive at the same time as the first brother, and then the second brother who married who ended up doing yibum with the sister-in-law he passes away, so then we say that there's no 
mitzvah of yimur chalitza to that to that uh, to that sister-in-law uh, because he was he was not alive even during the time during the time of the first brother. So that that whole concept is really subject to dispute. The pligi rishon v'rabanan. This is a dispute between rishon and rabanan. And so that last case, the fifteenth case, is subject to dispute. So the Gemara answers the Zantesim base now. It's true that is subject to dispute, but there's one scenario where Rabbi Shimon even agrees that in that case there is no Yibam or Chalitza. What's that case? The case is as follows. Uh, so let's say instead of having three brothers, which is a complicated case that we discussed, but let's say now we have the brother who passes away with no children, and he and he's mar- obviously he's married uh, to this person, and so then before Yibam is even done to Let's say you have another brother who's alive, but before Yibam is even done, or Chalitza is done, before that even takes place, the there is a third brother. Sorry, there is a thir- there is a third brother. The third brother is then born, but before Yibam or Chalitza is even done at all, so he's born. Yibam or Chalitza is not done to the second brother. She's still waiting for Yibam or Chalitza. So then Rabbi Shimon would agree that in that case, the baby that's just born, he cannot even if he waited uh, thirteen years for him to become. Uh, uh, an adult to, for him to become halachically viewed as an adult uh, we, we there still is no mitzvah yim for him because he was never alive at the same time as the deceased brother they were never alive at all at the same time in that case Rabbi Shimon would agree so the point is that they had this question on the 15th case they said the 15th case is subject to dispute the answer is that no it's not subject to dispute in that scenario in that scenario where yim was not yet done then the third brother was born, so then everyone would agree, even Rabbi Shimon would agree, that the third brother is exempt from doing the mitzvah of Yibam or Chalitza. The Gemara asks, two more lines, Vama Rabbi Oshia, Chalakai Rabbi Shimon, Aparishona. Rabbi Oshia is of the opinion that Rabbi Shimon even argues on that case, that case that we discussed, that there really is a dispute, there's a machlokas, even with regards to that last case. The Gemara says, no, Ha'yisosev Rabbi Oshia, Rabbi Oshia was refuted. We rejected Roshia. Again, these are all cases that we're going to get to later on. It's just mentioned very quickly in our Gemara, but they're, we're going to discuss these various cases at length later on. But the overall point of, of our Gemara is that Levi asks his teacher, Rebbe, that there should be a 16th case in the Mishnah. We have 15 cases. There should really be a 16th case. Rebbe responds, what, what's the case that you're referring to? If it's referring to the case of Anusas Aviv, where the brother marries the person that his father raped, uh, so then that itself is subject to dispute as whether that's even viewed as a halachic marriage. Is that even viewed as something which is allowed or not allowed? Because it's subject to dispute, that's why it's not mentioned in the Mishnah. And then the Gemara asks a few questions. Well, we have other Mishnahs which are subject to dispute, so maybe we do mention lines which are subject to dispute. And we said, no, we're talking about our chapter, our parak, and they asked a few other questions, and they answered it and explained that no, there's really our Mishnah is is the entire Mishnah is not subject uh, to dispute. So we're going to continue this conversation in the next recording.